definition of loss is my entire life right now. So, and that's my feeling. Great. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome back to the I'm Lost, So What podcast. This is your host, Cassandra Lay, and I am super, super excited. I feel like I say this with every episode, but I am really, really excited to bring you this conversation today with someone very, very special, my partner, Mario Perez Fernandez. Mario is a multi-experience back office specialist and a money-saving coach. And in this episode, we are getting into what it was like for him to start and close his business, what it's like for the both of us to work together now in my business, the Quirky Pineapple Studio, and an inside peek into what our intercultural relationship looks like. We're getting real and honest about mixing work and our personal relationship, what it was like for Mario to leave corporate, start a business and leave corporate again, and digging into just some questions that I think most people might not know about us. Um, I will share that there is going to be a little bit of Spanglish in this episode, not much, but a little bit of Spanglish in here, and a content warning that we do talk about diets, autoimmune disease, and depression. So without further ado, let's just dive into it. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Cassandra Lay, and you're listening to I'm Lost, So What? The podcast exploring between belonging and carving your own path. For all the peeps out there who kind of know what you're doing, but still question, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I'm with you. Hi, Mario. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for this conversation. How are you feeling? Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of nervous. Nobody has interviewed me, interviewed me before. So um, yeah. Well, you've had job interviews. Uh, in Spanish, not English. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> there's a first time for everything. I'm excited for this conversation. Basically, just so you all know who are listening, we've got a couple topics that we're exploring today. So we'll be talking about what it was like for Mario to start and close your business, uh, the behind the scenes support that he provides for the Quirky Pineapple Studio, my business, and then a little peek into what it's like to be in an intercultural relationship because, well, we've been together now for eight years. So we've learned lots of different things about what it's like to be in an intercultural relationship. Hard. <laughs> and fun. I'm fine, sir. And hard. But we'll save that for that section of this little chat. So before we dive into everything, there's a question that I always ask each guest that comes on. And that is, what does being lost mean to you? And can you describe the feeling of being lost? Hmm. This is a difficult question for me to answer, mainly because I would say that I don't have, you know, exactly the, the meaning in my mind of what is a being lost. But that feeling, I think it would be something like um, not knowing the next step and also not knowing how is my life outside of what I thought it was going to be my life because I guess before my life it was uh it was going to be I mean what I thought before it was going to be something different kind of the standards my parents told me after trying that I realized that I didn't know or I didn't want that type of life and now I don't know how to 
survive in in this situation in this uh, society and how everything is built and at the same time be you know like uh, having all my values uh, or trying to make all my values kind of difficult I don't know how to do it and I, I'm not supposed or I don't know who I am and what is going to be the next step you know like uh, with all of those things I'm not saying you are going to understand uh, what I'm saying but well this so I guess based off of what you just said about being lost and what the feeling is like for you I mean this is something I learned that feelings aren't good or bad but they are kind of like indicators that something may need to change or, you know, there's something that we need to explore a little bit more of. So if we were to categorize what being lost is like for you, would it be something that you would categorize as like uncomfortable or exciting or exploratory or kind of like opening up opportunities or is it more of like, you know, the feeling of being lost in like what you were saying, just not knowing or both or all of them. Yeah. Or all of them. <laughs> yeah. I guess what you were describing is a mix of what I'm feeling because when I feel I'm lost, it's, it's not like, okay, just one, one feeling. It's a mix of everything in different levels. So Maybe at that time, whenever in that time I'm thinking or I'm feeling that I'm lost, I guess it would be something maybe more of, I don't know what to do, but other times it's like, okay, that's cool because that means that recognizing that I'm lost, it means that I know that I don't need to follow the pre-made rules so I can do my rules. Or maybe I don't follow any more expectations on everybody. So, and that in that moment, I think it would be more like, um, uh, exciting but other times it's like uh, I'm worried too because I don't know how to what to do to get money or or you know like uh, how to do the things in a in a way that I can be comfortable and at the same time having enough to to live and those things so I guess it, it will be a mix and depending of my worry in that moment but yeah definitely I guess the definition of loss is my entire life right now. So and that's my feeling. Great. Actually, something that uh, Monica, who was also a guest on the podcast, uh, they said that this feeling of being lost and what you were describing just now is kind of like the survival feeling of, oh, I need to, you know, figure out what I'm doing. I need to make money. I need to, you know, find purpose in my life. And it is a symptom of living under a capitalist society because with all of the things that are going on, it's the pressure of, oh, you need to have this, 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 and this. And if you don't have it, then you're not doing it okay. And then also if you're not producing and if you're not working, then you're not like being a person or a productive person in society and all of this stuff. And like you were saying in your answer, I feel like there are lots of ways to create your own path. And we'll get into that now because I think you have taken lots of different steps and tried lots of different things. I feel like you have really like a really interesting journey of exploring, okay, this is not what I want. I'm going to try and test lots of things. So if you all don't know, Mario, he started and then closed his own business back in 2021, 2022. 
And can you share a little bit about the business that you started and then decided to close? Yeah, sure. Well, my my business uh, nowadays, I, I would say that even right now, I don't know what I was exactly trying to do. <laughs> so I was also lost. Uh, it started because I'm being always, well, it started because I was working in corporate and I didn't like that. I mean, I don't want to blame corporate like being really bad, but it was just a, a time of my life that it didn't align my values. And I was I felt like it was hurting myself and making myself even more lost uh, because it was like a big gap between what I wanted and what that type of life offered to me. So yeah, I was like, okay, what kind of abilities and skills I have? I'm going to try to uh, help people uh, with all of them. But I didn't have like a like a something, like a totally thought like, okay, it's going to be like this. I'm going to help with this. And I didn't even know if the market was going to be uh, receptive for that. So yeah, so it was like a, my business was kind of a mix of a virtual assistant um, skills because I have been in back office uh, all, all my entire experiences like that. So what was the question originally? Um, what was your business? What was the reason? Yeah, so it was like a virtual assistant uh, and also like a mix of finance and how to manage money because when I was younger, I was living by myself with a really low, low salary. And even when I was younger, my parents treated me like a, with a small money, like a, to learn how to manage all the money. Like I'm, an allowance? Allowance, una paga. I don't know. I think that's an allowance in English. Allowance. Yeah, and it was monthly and just not too much. And it was like, okay, you manage the money. And if you run out, I didn't have the word before. Uh, Just it's your problem. So you won't have any more for us. And all of those things helped me to have a money mindset in terms of uh, how to manage all the money and things like that. Uh, so I, I try also to offer all that. And I think it was with the clients I have all, all the services that had the mix or follow them because it was a, a totally mix. Uh, they were good. Um, but I guess I had more clients, I needed more clients and I didn't have a problem with marketing and showing up and kind of side. I didn't know how to get more clients. And also it was a point that. Uh, it wasn't profitable at all. It was like I used too much time for each client. I mean, in terms of preparing or reviewing my job and things like that. So I didn't have like a real whole concept of the business that I could be like successful. Hmm. So what was the thought process like to decide to close your business? Because I mean, a lot of people would say, oh yeah, wow, you quit your corporate job to start your business. That's already choosing to create your own path. And then after a year of trying your own business, most of the time when you're your own business owner, you're an entrepreneur, I know there are a lot of people who feel like shame or you know worry because they decide to close their business. So what was the thought process like to close it and the experience of closing it and then going back to corporate, to leave corporate, and now you work with the Quirky Pineapple Studio, but we're jumping ahead. So 
let's just go into what was it like to yeah the process of closing and then going back to corporate and like the thoughts behind it um that's that's something that is i mean i totally remember it sometimes i try to forget about it because it was a really difficult moment in my life it wasn't just the difficult thing to decide in it's because i i guess i experienced for first time what was to be depressed, just not being sad because everybody can be sad for moments. So it was like a something totally different that I haven't felt before. It was, I don't know how to even describe it. I guess it was a depression, but I didn't know because it affected everything in my life. So it affected like the way I could understand everything. And because I was too tight with my, what I was doing in corporate or in my business, so it was like a, a not a valid person. So all of that it affected really bad to 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 my mindset and everything. And it was actually really difficult to go out from that. And in meanwhile, when I was knowing that I had to close the business and feeling this type of uh, starting with this uh, depression, yeah, I had to figure it out that yeah, definitely I didn't know how to make it different to make it profitable. And also I was realizing that being a virtual assistant, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. What it ended up, maybe because I didn't know how to manage it, but it's like, I don't know how to describe it because it's more like, a okay, when you're a virtual assistant, unless you have everything really designed and like, you know how to do it every month, but whenever you're uh, doing like a, what I was doing, like a mix or everything, what ended up is being like, doing random things every day and also it takes so much time for you maybe or what i say so much time i don't want to say like hours i just what you thought it was to to be and all of that i realized that i don't want to do that because it doesn't make sense because it's not like i having control of my things that's that was the main purpose of quitting corporate because i had i wanted to have more control on things and I felt like uh, with all, with that profession, being a virtual assistant or, or yeah, being a virtual assistant, so I guess it wasn't like profitable and also something that I wanted to to be. Uh, and that's how I decided to, to quit it. It was difficult because I was too tied to that personally. But yeah, it's, it was a, 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 so many feelings of everything and... While I I was accept, accepting that I had to close it, in my mind it was like maybe I find something, maybe how can I uh, pinpoint into something? How can I do all of that? Because everybody like is always trying to follow their values, and my value was like I don't want to come back to corporate, I don't want to come back to that type of life because I knew it, I don't I don't want it. It's not something like a like a something for me. Uh so that's why I was trying to to find new solutions. And at the same time, that made me feel more anxious because it was like a something that I was going to eat me. Like, a, as you were saying before, like a surviving, that was something like a, I had a lion behind me and it's going to eat me. And it was so anxious because I felt like a, that lion, it was really close and it was almost biting or feeling, you know, <laughs> some parts of my body. So after all, it was like, okay, I don't know. Let's be honest. This is not going to nowhere. And even my was like, okay, you try it. Next time is, or next move is just to come back to corporate. Just trying to accept that, you know, even when you don't want it, just 
trying to feel numb or whatever. And don't think on that, just earn money and try to live in maybe on weekends or whatever. Or not even because I had the Blue Sundays and all of that. Oh, yeah, you did have Blue Sundays. That was intense. <laughs> blue Sundays, Blue Saturday. <laughs> blue weekends for Mario. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, it was really difficult and so many emotions. I don't know, maybe for other people it's not like that, but I don't want anybody to feel like I felt with all of that. Hmm. Thank you for, for sharing. So before we jump into how you went back to corporate, and then left corporate again um, to join the Quirky Pineapple Studio. I have some questions about money for you because I feel like what you all might not know is that Mario actually handles all of the bookkeeping and like finances for the Quirky Pineapple Studio, which we'll get into. And actually, he handles most of the money stuff for the house as well. We have an interesting division of labor, I think, um, which we'll get into. I mostly do a lot of like the social activity stuff. And then he does all of the money handling. But okay, before we get into that, I have a couple questions around money. So what is the biggest money challenge you see people have after working with your clients and also working with me now in the Quirky Pineapple Studio? The biggest challenge, you said? Same. Usually it's not knowing the real amount of uh, of the money. I mean, when, you know, uh, when people think that they can afford it, usually you can't afford it. And let me try to explain with something like this. Like uh, maybe you have like a, or you see something like a, a 50% off of what it is. And you say like maybe $5,000 is really cheap because before it was $10,000 and you say, okay, this is an opportunity to buy it. But maybe because you feel like a more like an opportunity, you don't realize that you can't afford it. So this is what I mean with the money. Usually when you see money, you think you have money or it's enough money or or the opposite, you don't have money or it's not enough. But it doesn't mean what I'm trying to say, that people don't really understand their real situation uh, with the money in that in that moment. Mm. So they have different and also their feelings of that situations more than based in the real money they have and what can they buy in the future and the present. It's more like a how they feeling. And it's that's not a good um, way to measure how what is your wealth situation in the real situation. Uh, because what you're feeling is not okay with that. Mm, that's a great point. Um, something I think I learned since you came into the Quirky Pineapple Studio is I had a lot of like intuitive feelings about how much money we spent uh, at the Quirky Pineapple Studio or how much money we made. So in my mind, I kind of always knew um, what goes in and what goes out, but not to like the exact euro amount or to the exact cent. I had like these ideas of, okay, this is how much I think is going out, which is, you know, more or less correct. But then when Mario came in, he actually was like, you're doing great. Yeah. Well, now I'm doing better. But now since you came in, I think it has helped to give me like actual concrete data to match kind of what I've already kind of known or like the intuitive feeling I had. And I think that has also helped me to make better spending decisions or better saving decisions for what's to come in the business and also just with like my normal life now. 
Uh, so thank you. So what is something you wish people knew about money and budgeting that most people don't know? Which is almost like the same question as the first one, but not the same question. Um, no, but they, I guess it's a good question. I would say that everybody understands how to budget more or less, and they understand the basic of budgeting or how to, what was the budgeting and Money. Money and budgeting. <laughs> And everybody understands money and when you spend it, you don't spend it. But I, I would say what I wish they would know is how to follow it. <laughs> how to follow it. How to follow it. Because usually, okay, whenever I say something, okay, this is money. And this is like I'm telling you, like uh, um, what I what just said, like about the people don't really understand the 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 real situation and maybe they say oh okay 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 and in that moment they understand it but after that they forget it or when it's in terms of budgeting usually it's like a, oh okay okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and they they never follow it and which is fine with budgeting because that's whenever i'm doing budgeting with people is mostly not for company but when it's for personal and financial situation it's like okay I want you to fail because I want you to understand your real limits. Because usually when you put limits in budgeting, it's okay, I guess I can do it. Or you feel in that moment you can do it. But whenever it's uh, the moment or after the month or whenever you review it, you see like, okay, uh, you spend it more. You couldn't uh, save that much money. And that's, that's what they want. Because people realize in that moment that, okay, maybe I was too... You know, like I try to put too much in in for savings. And that's why I'm saying that usually people don't follow the things. And I wish they could understand it mm. uh, or they understand more their what is a budgeting or money or is more following and understanding. It's similar with the diets. The diet is not... Okay. Di- diets, una dieta. Ah, una dieta, diet. Diet. Sí. That is not that you can do it one or two months is what is the thing that you can uh, maintain for the rest of your life. So it's from a diet, it's just one thing, just do one thing. And with money and budgeting, it's also the same thing. So, okay, I guess for businesses, it's more difficult to do what I do with personas like I want you to fail. So you realize and after that, we can start with one thing or two things mm. step by step. But yeah, definitely if, People wish know or wish or understood more like uh, it's not about doing all in once, like uh, a step by step and understanding more and more and what you can maintain for a really long time. That would be good. That makes sense. Also, uh, Mario mentioned diet, but I just want to mention now for all the people listening that we're not talking about like a diet to lose weight or anything like that. I think from your perspective, because I don't know if... You want to share? Yeah, yeah. I can share. I mean, I can share about that. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, so I have a autoimmune disease. It's, uh, it's called ulcerative colitis. I think in English it's ulcerative colitis. Okay. But in Spanish col- it's... Colitis ulcerosa. Eso. And when the doctors, at least here in Spain, they say they haven't found a relation, a relation between what you eat and this disease... When I had the conversation with the doctors and I say that I have a diet or something that it makes me feel better, they say, okay, then do it. So for sure, it is a relationship between it, but between them, sorry, but they don't, they don't understand how. So that's why they say, 
they don't say anything because it's like I I can't say anything that I don't really know how to work because then I'm gonna give you a bad advice or a bad instruction to follow. So yeah, I'm once this said, uh, even when doctors and everybody don't have like a real diet to follow, I try to follow something that it makes me good, makes me feel good and. That's why I'm saying all of this with diet, because actually I'm too thin <laughs> and I would like to be less thin, but the diet I'm doing is just for in terms of uh, health. And, yeah. Uh, to, to and care. like um, lessening inf- inflammation. Less inflammation, just to try to avoid the effects of my disease. Yeah. So that's what we mean when we say diet. We're not talking about like a losing weight type of diet, but... Now, talking about that and going into the business, the Quirky Pineapple Studio, which if you all don't know, I run a brand strategy and content marketing agency called the Quirky Pineapple Studio. And Mario has been working with us full time for a year and a month now. Yes. Um, and clap, clap, clap. clap, clap. <laughs> so most people might not know. I guess, how much time and money energy that you've also put into the Quirky Pineapple Studio. Like when I first came here to Spain, I started the business back in December 2017. Uh, I had clients, but not really enough clients. Um, I think the first year I was in business, I only made 9,000 US dollars, which I was like, oh my gosh, that's like almost 10,000. Yeah, I was like, that's almost $10,000, which when I told my mom, she was like, "Um, did you spend it all? And I was like, yeah, I spent it all. And I reinvested it back. And she goes, okay, so you didn't make profit, which also means that you can't even pay taxes because you literally have no money. And I was like, oh, hmm, that's unfortunate. But anyways, um. Through the first two, I think, yeah, two years of me being a full-time business owner, Mario actually was the one that was supporting us behind the scenes. So he had the full-time job in corporate and he was the one that was taking care of like the house and the groceries, the electricity, utilities, taking care of when we went out and did like date nights or met up with friends. And then also even with like vacations and stuff, because I mean, if I was making 9,000 US dollars the first year in business, as you can imagine, I did not have much to actually contribute. And then also I was using a lot of my savings, which I spent, I think within the first year and a half-ish. And I think before I quit my full-time job to start the business, I saved up like 14,000 US dollars. and. Well, when you're not really making money and living off of savings, that goes quite quickly. So is there something that you wish people knew more of with like your contribution to the Quirky Pineapple Studio? Because I feel like, you know, everybody sees me online and like doing social media stuff. And you're now working in like the back office and the back in the behind the scenes part, you're handling admin and operations and like finance and stuff. And then of course, like the first few years, like we've had this conversation where you were the one that was taking care of everything. And I was kind of like, you know, going out and doing what I could to make the business work. And you put in your part, but I don't think most people see that. So is there something else that you wish people knew? Uh, I think at the beginning, it was more important for me. That part, I guess I wanted people to understand that we, both of us, were doing an effort. You're trying to make a new business and me trying to support us, the family, us, 
Um, I guess right now it doesn't, it's not that important for me anymore, mainly because I guess people see us more like a, you know, like a family, like a both. And before it was still, even when it was two of us, like I guess it was for us and I guess for the rest of the people, like uh, two independent people living together as a couple or so whatever. And we are uh, right now more like a, actually. Like, like a, a unit. Yeah, like a unit. So I guess right now it doesn't, it's not that important for me. And also because we're sharing everything. We're sharing your business. We're sharing the life. We're sharing everything. So right now I guess it's not that important for me. And it's like, okay, you make more, I make more, or you do more. It's the same because we're going to, if it's not in here, it's going to be in the other side opposite. So yeah, it doesn't, it's not that important anymore for me. So I actually don't care about that part of the life anymore. And I guess it was important then, but not right now. I guess it's whatever it is, it is. And also uh, it's right now I'm trying to get disconnected to that sensation that is important for me, what people think. It's like, okay, it's their thought. It's their way to think. It's, it's okay. It's not my problem. It's their problem. They want If they want to, or they ask, or they want to know, and if they ask, yeah, I would tell them, no, it was like this, just to give them information, but not like I want them to know, which mm-hmm. is the different thing between, I mean, before and right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't care. It's like, okay, you don't, I don't feel the necessity for them to know. Mm-hmm. So now that you mentioned all of that, and I think I have two questions. One related to just what it was like to come into the Quirky Pineapple Studio and for us to start working together, which is... Y'all, I think that would have to be a whole other podcast episode because that was, I don't know how you felt. Actually, I think I do know. Uh, for me, it was an intense like six months of adjustment uh, when Mario came in. I don't know if you feel the same, but we can get into that after this second question. I guess my question, or I don't know if it's really a question, but there were, or there are a lot of like different power dynamics in our relationship because not only are we dating, We've been together now for eight years. Eight years. Um, very long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's for you. <laughs> Great times. Um, but it is a long time. <laughs> um, and then we also work together. And we both come in with... Long time. <laughs> uh, long time. I just said long time, long time. Um, but we both come in with like different privileges. And then also with different power dynamics. Because when I first came to Spain... Yes, I had the privilege of being a native English speaker, of being from the United States. But then I think in the beginning of when the Quirky Pineapple Studio started, we had the power dynamic of like you had more like financial power, decision making power. Um, You knew more because like we were living in Spain and I was coming back to Spain, not as an English teaching assistant, which is what I was before. And basically having the help of the Spanish government, I was kind of like on my own figuring out like all these processes and like my Spanish was good, but not good enough to like defend myself in like government paperwork type stuff. You did great. Yes. Uh, I had to learn very quickly, um, but that will be another podcast episode for another day because that was intense. And then again, you quit your job and then um, you had your own savings and we were doing like our digital nomad year, but I was maybe the one that had more power in that time yeah so like i had more power then because like i knew and understood business and you were you know learning and not totally sure what to do and 
yes, you had savings and like you were still like you were contributing to like household things. But I was the one that was kind of like bringing in the income at that point because you brought in stuff, but not enough. And then when you went back to corporate, we kind of like evened out again. And then now, you know, you work with me. So it kind of is back to, oh, I'm the one that has, I guess, a lot more power within the relationship because I am running the business and like we share everything, but I guess it is still like mine, like your name is not like on it. So what has that been like? Because I feel like it's switched a lot and I guess accepting and like working through that is interesting. I guess there are two difficult things in that. I I guess the first one is just to accept that the other person have uh, more power. So you need to accept it instead of trying to fight for that. And if that person has more power for something, for a reason. And the other one is whenever you feel and you have more power, it's just to control that power. But because you know, you feel it. And sometimes if you let that power to control yourself, you ended up being like a half of a dictator. (laughs) Even when you love the other person, but you know, because it's difficult to control and understand that power. So those are the two things, like for the person who has the power in the moment to control it and the other person to let the other person, I mean, the the couple to have the, the power. I guess it's kind of difficult because it's difficult to what I just said. And at the same time, talking about right now, uh, it's even, it has a little bit more a difficult part because we're actually working in the same business. It's not just money or whatever. It's just decisions at the same time because what sometimes we mix business with life in terms that even we don't know when even when we try to separate that and we're doing fine i guess but i would say subconsciously there is a thing like uh now your decisions are even you know like over my decisions or over my thinking and i'm not saying this in a bad way i'm just saying that things like also we're exploring and the good thing is, like I said, because we have uh, worked, so you have the power and you're willing to to understand it. And I also accepting that you have the power right now or more power, and that's okay. But yeah, sometimes it makes it, as a couple, we do things for both of us. So I, I just know myself something for you to do. And I was checking that. Uh, and when I told you for you to do it, you understood as I was going to do it. And Wait, what was it? The email, you know, for the official school for language. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So you understood like, okay, and you told me, okay, you did with that. And it was like, no, no, I just trying to tell you like, uh, you need to do this and you have to do it like this because, you know, we're a couple and I try to help you because I know that's important for you. You have many things on mind, but it wasn't like, a, I'm not your assistant in personal life. I guess when we're working, I don't mind because that's how we're doing so sometimes it's difficult because subconsciously your mind understand it and even the real life I had to do that mm. but it's something we need to work and that's why I was saying that for the first two things that we did and now working together is another one which is like trying even subconsciously not to mix it with real life yeah and business and real life yeah I do think it has been interesting because like realizing that Yes, I have more decision power now, 
within like the context of business. But then if I remove myself from business, like we still live in not my home country. I like, I know enough and I've been here long enough to kind of like figure things out. But again, Maria will still have like the power when we leave like the house, for example. So it's kind of, I think both of us understanding where we have like more power in certain situations and then how we can kind of, I think, share that or bring the other person in. So then it's not like, oh, super patriarchal, matriarchal, where like I make decisions and like somebody just has to follow, except for maybe like in the business, but I do, I do ask for opinions and stuff like that. Um, right, that's your business. Yeah. When it's always I'm saying it's your business and at the same time, I'm feeling it like it's our business because we're sharing a life. Again, mixing life and business. But yeah, definitely it's your business. And if if you want something in that way, if you want it that way, it's your business. Yeah. So. But I mean, I'm just thinking like, even in the context of business, but then if we leave or not leave, but like if we close our laptops and then we're like, okay, let's just like live our lives. I do think, you know, there are certain things where we ask each other lots of questions just to make sure, okay, does this make sense? Like, is this what you want to do? We try and play on ahead. Um, I asked more. I was yeah, Maria asked a lot of questions. Uh, that is, yeah. Because when you ask, is the only way that you can know. Because when you're trying to guess, sometimes you're right, but sometimes you're not. And I guess that's something that also we're working. Like, uh, because I'm a person that I usually I really like to ask things. Because how are you going to know? And and also sometimes because. My way of understanding things is, I don't know what happened with my mind, but it's really different. So a thing in my life is like, okay, I need to ask because I don't know how an other person is going to understand it. Probably it's going to be different than me. Yeah. Um, for you ask, I mean, whenever you receive a question, it's like, a, or you answer with, with nothing, like a really superfluous something that it doesn't answer anything, or you don't answer. And it's something like a, that's something for you, like uh, you're getting better at that and, and answering all of that. And me trying to ask less, but I think that is not going to change too much because I didn't really need to understand. So. Yeah. Actually, that takes me to the next qu- point of what was it like to start working together? I mean, we already mentioned it before. <laughs> the first six months were really intense. They were intense, but... The way you're saying it, it sounds like a really bad. It wasn't say. bad. It was just, I think, a really big learning curve learning for curve. both of us because, like, I have been working by myself without coworkers, which I love not having coworkers for five years. And anybody that I do work with are clients that I have like scheduled calls with or with contractors who I have scheduled calls with. And we work really asynchronously. And I've never had somebody be so close to me asking me questions or like being in my space, I guess, because like I've always worked from home by myself because like you went into the office. So that was like a really big shock. And I thought it would be fun at first because I was like, oh my gosh, look, we'll be together and like we can have lunch together and like we could be working in the same office and like we could do fun things and all this stuff. That's in your mind. Yeah, that was really in my mind, y'all, because like in real life, I was like, this is not is not for me yeah because when i was trying to make jokes or things like that you were so annoyed of why yeah. are you saying those things i'm trying to work and it's like 
I like working in complete silence with like my music yeah, and that's it. But you know, that's a confusion for me because yeah. before you were like, oh yeah, we can work in the same office and blah, blah. I, I just said play, blah, blah, blah. But it ended up not being like that. And it was like, hmm, so you want it or you don't want it? But for sure, you can't answer something like that because you don't really- I didn't really know. You don't really know. Yeah. And also at the same time, like when you're working in corporate or in other type of jobs, I guess it's always- the space of people. I mean, you respect this the space and time of people of your co-workers, but I would say it's different. Like uh, they're always because the way it's made, like uh, their information is always they need to share it to you, and for sure you respect their time. But it's different. Like uh, you call, you ask, and if they're busy or talking with anybody, you you just wait, or maybe they tell you, okay, maybe in a little bit. But it's something like uh, they always answer you because I guess the company the rules of the companies is like you need to share your knowledge with people or, or yeah or, and you need to help the other co-workers and things like that when for you it was you you weren't used that anybody to stop your workflow yeah I think that was like the biggest yeah, thing for jokes or even for a... yeah no jokes no <laughs> yeah I re- like I remember the first couple of months like we worked in the same office like literally right next to each other uh something that we learned later doesn't work. Um, so actually I have my own office and Mario has his own office now in like other parts of the house. And actually something that I think you always say is that you like having coworkers and like you like, you know, stopping and um, like getting a coffee and like just quickly catching up with your coworker or like maybe you see them and like you just do like a little joke and then you carry on. Whereas like I... That's the building, by the way. Yeah, that's great. Um, I am all for that. Uh, but I actually am not all for that. <laughs> that's what I want to say. That's what you say, like with your mouth. But but you know, that? I think because I've worked online for such a long time and I haven't worked with anybody, I am all for team building. But I can't do team building like in person all the time. I remember when I was in corporate, and yeah, we had like quote unquote team building, which was oh after work, like let's all go to the bar downstairs and like do happy hour together, and I was like. I don't know, y'all. Like, I don't want to do happy hour with you. Like, I'm going home. And they're like, oh, come on, Cassandra. Like, this is so we can all hang out. Like, we we don't really hang out with you. And I've noticed that, like, maybe this might not be true for all companies, but the one that I used to work at, the more you did team building, well, like, unofficial team building, happy hour is how you got more projects and how you kind of, like, were able to get more connections within the company to do better things. But I didn't want to participate because I was like, I don't like happy hour. Yeah, well, in that term, I guess it's because you're out of the working hours. I mean, that's what you're saying is totally truth. Like when you are more involved with everything, even outside, you get more more things. But even when I say deal building is good because you create a good relationship with everybody, I don't agree that much with going out and had to go in out to get more things yeah. after working hours. I like doing it when it's like within working hours and like, you know, I know that I'm going to get paid for it. Or maybe whenever you feel like it. Like, oh yeah. Okay, or whenever I feel like it, or maybe like if somebody were to tell me, Hey, we, we've, we've blocked off today to do a team building exercise. I'm all for that. But when it's like an unspoken rule that you have to like go out and, and do you just say have to. Yeah. Like, and is expected of you too, so that you can get more things. Um, I don't like that because 
I have other things to do. Like I, and, it's your time. Yeah, it's my time. If I want to do it, cool. If I don't, I would rather like lay on the couch or I don't know, watch TikToks or I don't know, cook, do gym, yoga, whatever else. So I don't know. Anyways, I think we're getting a little distracted, but um, yeah, the first six months I think of working together, we we had to learn a lot because your working style is super different than my working style. And it wasn't only working style because in your mind, you expected me to understand everything about marketing when it was like a really yeah, that total was, industry yeah. for me. So and I didn't understand. And when I was asking that, you were annoyed. One, because I was asking you. And second, why well, you don't know? <laughs> yeah, because I I think also I've always worked with people like whenever I contract other people, they have worked within the industry. And I think bringing... Or at least they understand more. Or they understand more. And I, and I think I had thought, oh, um, because you had like your online business for a year, you kind of knew, but I... I think I forgot that I not only have had the business for now five to six years, but prior to that, I basically have been doing all things online business before it was even online considered online business since I was like 13 years old. So I brought in like all of this unspoken knowledge. And I think I just thought, oh, yeah, Mario will know. But he didn't know. No, I didn't. I'm still learning. Yeah. But I think like we found a better rhythm for like our working environment. Um, I understand more about like your working style. I think you understand more about my working style and like how we both best work and how we like communicate. Mm -hmm. And I found that like it has helped our communication, I think, more because we approach things in different ways now. Whereas before we might have had like the same pattern of communicating. And then because we have now the layer of working together on top of it, we found like different ways to better express like, oh, this is what I was expecting. This is what I think. This is how I would do it. What do you think? What were you expecting? Oh, okay. Why did you want to do it like this? Yeah. And so it's uh, going even deeper with the uh, emotions that you're feeling. Because at the beginning, what happened is one of, I mean, both of us said one thing with the mouth, but felt in a different way. And now we need to get even deeper with what is the real feeling or what we're thinking exactly so we can understand and we can first communicate and make the other person to understand which is also at the same time really important because you need to make the other person to understand so when a person is saying something there's two jobs one one of the sides needs to put the effort to understand but the other person needs to make it uh, understandable for the other person too. So it's both person getting involved in that conversation and understanding of the thing. Yeah. And I think also because like we were mixing life, like personal relationship with work, I think we also had to kind of like put both of our egos to the side, which is very hard. It's hard, but I guess everybody has ego. I mean, yeah, everybody has ego, but I mean, I just remember like some of the first arguments that we had when we started working together and they just lasted for forever. I was like, oh my God, like literally I need to finish like this client project and we're over here arguing about like something so minute that I was like, oh my God, this is like literally draining me of my energy. Everybody, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Now that we know a little bit of the behind the scenes of what it is like to be part of the Quirky Pineapple Studio, before we kind of wrap up the interview, I am curious to 
know about what your experience is like being in an intercultural relationship. Have you had like a big culture shock moment in the relationship or has everything kind of been like smooth sailing since we started dating? I think that's a lie, but um, what has been like the biggest culture shock moment and what I think has been one of your favorite moments being in an intercultural relationship? I mean, favorite moments, for sure, I remember everything because I love to learn more things and I love uh, to understand more things. And being in an intercultural relationship is really easy to have all of that is because you're actually living it. In a way, to to describe it is whenever you go on vacation to a country or you're living in that country. So I would say having an intercultural relationship, it will be similar to living in the country. I'm not saying that it's living in the country, for sure. But it's something like a, you learn a lot, much more than when also you just go to somebody and ask, hey, how is this? How is that? I Oh, sorry. But oh, yes, I was going to say, this is not Mario saying, go and find an intercultural relationship to be in. To understand more. To understand more. <laughs> no, that is something that I love, of yeah. having an intercultural relationship. And cultural shock, I'm, I'm saying we had them. I mean, we, I had them. But now maybe my mind just want to forget about it or maybe because that's not the important thing or what I care the most. But I'm saying it was cultural. So I, I guess, but this is not something I guess is cultural. I guess it's at the beginning of our relationship because we didn't know how to speak each other's language. It was more like uh, trying to express something. It was frustrating because you could understand or when, yeah. But that's not cultural, I guess. That's just a language. Yeah. yeah. Although sometimes I think we still run into those situations where like, one of us will be saying something and then the other person thinks that they understand. And then later we like ask and then one of us responds with something and we're like, no, that's not what I was saying. But do you think that's because it's cultural? No, I think it's more of a language thing. Language is also, and also I guess listening because sometimes we both, we just assume yeah. the first thing instead trying to understand better. So mm. we we don't put enough effort to understand. Yeah, that could be it too. Because I mean, since we've been together now for eight years, we both kind of like know each other's stuff. So sometimes I think, oh, I know what Maria is going to ask in Spanish. Or I think I know. And then I come in with like thinking, oh yeah, this is what it is. And then actually it's, it's like completely not. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's human. So yeah. For me, my biggest cultural shock moment, I was just telling you before we started recording, was when we were living in Andalusia and we were together, I think, for a year at that point. And we started, like, we had arguments. Um, and I remember your voice was being raised in the arguments. And I was, and I got so pissed off. I was like, why are you raising your voice at me? And you were confused because you were like, I'm not raising my voice at you. I'm like speaking normal. And I was like, no, you went from this decibel to like, ah. And you were like. I mean, it wasn't ah. It wasn't ah, but. It, Did you try to describe for people me, that understand no, for me, understand for me, it sounded like da, 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 to ah. But tomorrow it would have been like da, 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 to maybe. Da, 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 da. And I remember you were telling me, oh, you know and so we actually had to like stop our argument, which is also very frustrating, um, so that we could understand the different levels of anger within our cultures. 
because for me being in the United States, it was like you're zero to 100. And then for you, you were like, well, I think in Spain, it's like, you know, zero to maybe like 10, you're now a little bit annoyed to maybe like 15, you're a little bit more annoyed. And then when you get to like 60 or 70, that's when like, you're really, really angry. Really, really? No, you're, you're, you're in 60. Oh, you're in 60. So you're not like really, really, but I think at 60. Really, really, really is 100. I guess you're right. Okay. Well, that's for me. I see even when you're expressing an idea with friends and whenever the other person doesn't, I mean, doesn't have the same opinion, you just talk for sure because it gets more energy of you and you want to express it more. You're very passionate. Exactly. It's more passion that I don't know it. Even when Santashi has like a, a nuance of uh, annoyed because that's normal. We have layers in you know, in our language. I mean, whenever you're expressing something, it can be in tones, it can be in the, the word you're using and things like that. But it doesn't mean that you're 100. It's just what you just said. It's just... Yeah. Also, I would say that maybe when... I mean, tones are tones. And if you raise your voice, it means something. It doesn't mean exactly the same thing because as you said... In the maybe where you're coming from, just raise a little bit. It means like somebody's being unrespectful. When here we are more flexible with that, but at the same time, is you're raising the voice. Yeah, right? that's that's right. Maybe that's something that to get better. That's why I, I'm trying to control more of that. And I guess it's because also I was more reactive than now. And right now, that's something else I want to control. So yeah, it's a cultural shock, maybe. Yeah, because uh, we understand in different way, but probably also it was something that I had to work on. Hmm. I do think, though, something that I have learned since living in Spain is like uh, the debates here. Maybe I don't know if this is specifically from the United States, but or the area you come or from. the area that I'm coming from. Um, debates are like things that you don't really want to get into uh, because maybe you could start debating with a friend, and then at the end of the debate, you're not friends anymore. But maybe that's me being like really adverse to uh, conflict and confrontation because what I learned here is like. People can have debates and they just like get very passionate and it could be like a really intense debate where I'm like, oh my gosh, they're like super angry with each other. They're very like upset. And then at the end of the debate, they're like, okay, well, that was great. Thank you for sharing your opinion. I'm going to think about what you said. And I'm like, eh? <laughs> but now usually it's like that. Sometimes it's, yeah. sometimes people get annoyed and maybe this day like two or three days or a week like i don't want to know anything about that person but after all it's just a conversation they don't have they don't think the same thing as you yeah that's something i think i have also learned just living here and kind of like seeing our friends debate about things and not being afraid i think to debate and not being afraid that like oh this person's gonna hate me or we're gonna get into like this super heated argument it's just oh i don't agree with you but let me understand why and let me understand your points why you believe in this which i think has also strengthened a lot of the opinions that i have so that i can debate later on even though i get very emotional and can cry but that's a whole other thing that i don't think is cultural that's just me maybe okay so before we wrap up this interview and this conversation which by the way thank you for sharing and i know doing this in english is intense for you but i think you did a great job and there were lots of uh, points where you brought in some good vocabulary i was like well mm. mirate. that's good yeah. Um, so the second to last question that I have for you oh, is, you. <laughs> um, what is a nuanced conversation that you think that we're not having enough of? In general. In general, not just world. us. Yeah, for the world. 
<laughs> for the world. That's a big thing. But um, yeah. Um, this is a difficult question because it's depending on my perspective right now at the same time. And also, I don't know. I, I guess it's also, I, I'm having, I mean, I'm a white person, which may, I mean, heterosexual. So mm, my privilege makes me see the world different. So I'm not the right person to say or to answer that question. But well, I'm trying to answer that and I will say that maybe we need to, because right now my moment is like to get more into me, like into my things, how my my brain is working. And not only that, like trying to uh, get richer in terms of uh, knowledge. I would say that we all need that more time for us because the system we're living in is like, you need to be productive to make money, but it's not trying to be productive in terms of be a better person that can be knowledge, behavior and all of that. And that's what I'm trying now. And I guess it would be nice uh, that everybody, you know, have more, uh, be more aware of that. So it's to have a nuanced conversation around time? No, uh, around like, being aware of working of for itself for una persona misma. Ah, um, being aware of working on yourself. On yourself. Eso es. In all the sense, like it can be like uh, to understanding more of yourself and also like having more knowledge of things and because usually we don't have that time or we don't prioritize that. Mm. I would say it's really important to uh, give a space. Uh, and let the space, I mean, have some space to do all of that and not just trying to get money. I, mm. My mind right now is like, it's better to have less money and try to work more in that because that's really important and something we really need mm. to, to do. Because if not, you get frustrated again, blah, 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 blah. And it's important, all of that. But again, that's a heterosexual white person who is a male. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's my perspective is different. I'm I'm sure other people will say there are other things more important. I think any self-awareness is important. I was I was thinking, oh, I thought you were going to say something different, which was um maybe just talking about like autoimmune diseases or just like what it's like to live with one. I guess ableism is also important because uh before when you, when I didn't have that this disease uh what I didn't understand or I treat person people more like a I mean you can't do it or why you don't or why you can't or things like that. And now I understand that it's different. Yeah, that's something that maybe being aware about, about that is good. But at the same time I'm thinking that working on yourself is important. Mm. Uh, when you're working on yourself is because you're making the effort to understand yourself it's easy to make the effort to understand other people why maybe in ableism why they can't mm, yeah well thank you interesting um all right so last question before we wrap up do you have any journaling prompts or exploratory questions for people i know you are not a fan of journaling <laughs> your face okay any questions to consider around like money budgeting maybe about like autoimmune disease if you don't that's okay too no i guess with the things that we're reflecting are things that people maybe they can think and maybe they can journal all of that <laughs> okay if they want it uh we were talking about many things in <laughs> money and 
yeah mindset and everything cool um i will make a journaling prompt for you all something to consider maybe just a question to explore um around money is what maria was saying before maybe this is more of like an exercise uh, this is something that I think I actually have to just do my myself, which is just like looking at your bank account and knowing what it like the real numbers of what is actually going in and out, I think is a good exercise to always do. Like I know Mario at the beginning and end of each month, like he actually looks and checks his bank account. And sometimes I like find him on the couch and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm echando cuentas. I'm like, huh. which is in English. I don't know what that is in English. Checking account, checking balances. Echando cuentas. Yeah, it's calculating. Calculating. Um, and maybe it's a pass and something. Yeah. So he's like, oh, yeah. It's a, it's my, my way is yeah. Well, I tried to adopt Maria's way and it didn't work for me, but um, I was like, that's oh. a thing that you need to do in that way. Yeah. Or um, But I was like, oh, I should at least make it a routine to like just double check so I can have like an idea of what is coming in, what is going out. I'm sure there are most of you who are already doing this and I am <laughs> the one that's like, eh. so that is an exercise to explore. So that is all we've got for this conversation. Thank you so much, Mario, for being here mm-hmm. and for sharing and being courageous to do this entire interview, I think for an hour in English. Muy bien. That was good. Yay. Thank you. And where can people find you if they are interested? And do you still offer like financial budget coaching, money coaching services? Like where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Um, They can find me through Instagram, mario.perfer. How do you say the Instagram thing? At, 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 <laughs> at uh, mario.perfem. Y no punto es en español. Dot, sorry. <laughs> Mario, Mario dot. dot perfem. That's, that's me. Uh, right now it's more like an Instagram, a personal Instagram. Still there are some fine, personal finance uh, advice or tips. Um, and yeah, definitely if somebody's interested on that, for sure, they can contact me. I can't do any voice. It will be under the table. Let's not say that online. <laughs> under the table with an agreement or something. I'm not saying with money. I didn't say money in anything like that. Right. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, yeah, people can contact with me and maybe we can talk about that and maybe what exactly they need or if I can help them in any ways. So yeah. Awesome. And thank you all for listening to this episode and we will see you in the next one. Stay fierce, fam. Goodbye. Ciao. Thank you for listening. Gracias. Ciao. Ciao. Hasta luego. Hasta... Adios. 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 <laughs> if you're hearing this message, that means you made it to the end of this episode. Yay. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and thought to yourself, whoa, it me. I'd love if you could share this with others, post about it on social media, and or leave a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe too. Want to hang out with me in other areas of the internet? You can follow me on Instagram at CassandraTLE. For brand message and content marketing tips and resources, check out my business at the Corky Pineapple Studio. Thanks again and see you in the next episode. Stay fierce, fam!